0: And hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining the I Hate the Antichrist podcast. This is your host, Awe. I'm joined here with Sherry Voluntary.
1: How Hi. are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for coming on. I'm always excited to have new guests, very new podcasts. Uh, last time it was more comedy based. This time it's going to be more about you know the actual stuff, the volunteerism, the mission mm. statements. So thank you so much for coming on. Right. Why don't you uh, tell everyone, first of all, who are you and what the hell are you doing here? Okay.
1: Well, like you said, I am Sherry, voluntary. Uh, I am a podcaster and political activist, um, libertarian, voluntarist. Uh, I've been doing it for a few years now. I started out uh, with a just. I started out by becoming a, a libertarian anarchist, and then um, someone found me on uh, the internet and got me involved with the LP, and I, I was involved very short like a year, year and a half with them before I got wise. And then, uh, <laughs> but, but during that time, I, uh, ended up getting an, a local radio show through that association and, um, ran for seven months on local radio and got to talk to people about voluntarism and then had a guest spot on the morning show at that station for a while after that. So, uh, that was fun. I also ran for Tennessee governor in, uh, 2016 and came in third place, um, telling people not to vote and, (laughs) uh, yeah, it was pretty great. I I loved it telling people not to vote and that it's a sham and just being able to really talk about voluntarism to people. So I think, I think if you can talk to people, you know, that's everyone, you don't ask anyone, you know, do you believe in consent? And they say, say, no, I don't know anybody who would actually admit that they don't believe in consent. Yes. Uh, so it's just getting people to uh, help them along in their um, consistency.
0: Yes. To understand that, you know, consent is consent no matter the context.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: And it's, it's absolutely fundamentally important to make sure that consent is gotten for any activity that you're participating mm-hmm. with someone else in. And a lot of people don't apply it broadly enough. Right. And that, that for me personally is the, the most important thing is they don't apply it broadly enough and they, they don't apply it to the most extreme. ends. Mm-hmm. so it's yeah, really I think, awesome to I think,
1: go I'm on. Sorry. I, no, I was going to say, I think a lot of people, because I used to be a, a regular old republican more probably leaning neocon mm-hmm. um and you know i felt like the republican party left me because i actually did believe in you know fiscal conservatism and and things like that like small government and they just left me and that sent me on my journey but i never i never considered that there could be consistency in in the political arena i always thought of issues you know and I think most people are issues based but once you get a a philosophy like voluntarism libertarianism then you can apply that consistently to any issue and I think that's really where people go wrong is that they don't they don't even it doesn't even cross their minds it didn't for me Um, I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I heard someone say taxation is theft I was already you know getting into libertarianism at that point and I was like whoa like it blew my mind. I'm like, really? It is. It actually is. And it, it mm-hmm. we forget once we get into this, you know, space that there are people who've never heard these things and they really have never thought about the world in this particular way.
0: Yes, absolutely. They they don't think of the world in terms of to treat other people truly as one would wish to be treated by right. others. They don't view their treatment towards others as equivalent to their. To other people's treatment towards them, right. they will find their own slights as being less severe, and the slights of others as being significantly more.
1: Right. Moats um, and beams. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. It's it's really like that. It's really like that, yep. and you see a lot of that getting worse and worse nowadays. Um, the way culture's changing. I mean, I I grew up a bit of a you know Christian conservative myself. Mm -hmm. Um, just standard American evangelical Christian. And uh, I was reading the Bible my entire life. And at a certain point, I was listening to the politicians. I heard speaking the words of the Bible and trying to evoke the name of Jesus and God for their own good. But then they turn around and they force activity on others that's completely are uh, arbitrary and contrary to what the Bible says
1: right exactly um,
0: among among whatever else you might follow it's it's very inconsistent yeah um, the, the, they tend to espouse a certain moral moral uh, dialect and not not follow through when it comes to uh receiving the means for taking that. And and that being said, um I believe now is the perfect time to bring up your uh charity you've been working on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um some friends of mine and myself uh they they brought this idea to me and I got on board um which is that uh, this idea that charity, you know, we we wanted to we sort of see where things are going in the world, right? It's not it's not great. Yes. <laughs> Things are getting a little a little hinky um and have been like you know it's 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 nothing new to people who are paying attention, but uh we thought, well, why not do something to to help this and also we're kind of all tired of complaining. We wanted to complain less and do something. So there's always need in the world. Um and that's something that we can Sort of edge the state out of uh, in that context, you know that they they supposedly provide charity, but I think anybody who who's looked at the welfare system, no matter what side of the spectrum that you're on, you know you can see that there are definite huge problems with it, and it doesn't generally offer real help that gets people back to independence. And so we thought, well, this is where we could start. Um, So we we started this. Uh, organization voluntary dot org and we want to help especially those who are trying to live peacefully with other people so um we we definitely are gonna look into uh voluntarists libertarians those anyone who is nap compliant mm-hmm. but we don't we want to reach out to people as well so it will also be other people uh who aren't involved in uh, coercion or violence for the state or anyone else um, on their fellow man so you know we won't be our, our the scope of our charity does not cover police officers or you know people of that nature who who work for the state so yeah uh, that's that's our first goal and then we hope to expand into other areas if we if this is successful uh, and start building some things you know arbit, arbitration type. Uh, stuff, other other things to deal with inter- intellectual property. Um, we've got some ideas, but uh, just to kind of start replacing government, uh, where we think we can do things and and you know build something new, like Socrates encouraged.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, wow, uh, that's that's awesome. So uh, it looks like the the stuff that you're going to be doing is going to be doing charitable actions yourself, going out of your way. Make sure that you can replace anything that is free from coercion, direct comp- contributions from volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, are you? Let me let me ask. Are you supporting other charitable organizations along with this? Is it uh? Is it just like a solo effort with the with the voluntary virtue uh organization, or are there other organizations that would be tied in with this? Uh-
1: Sure. I I think we've discussed that a little bit, um, for the future. If we, as a matter of fact, we actually have a joint effort coming up. Um, our second event, uh, will be in December and we are going to, uh, join with the don't comply group. Um, they are not a 501c3. We're actually a 501c3, but they've been doing in, in Dallas. Many of you, your listeners may know about this. Um, for the last four or five years, something called feed the need. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the voluntarists in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth area, pardon me, are a part of this every year, but they could never get, um, help from any of the businesses around there because they don't have a 501c3 that's sort of backing them up because that's credible to, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in the world don't think you can do good for, (laughs) <laughs> for your neighbors, without having some kind of, you know, Paper. government backing or whatever, <laughs> so we got that. We're going to have the tax exempt status, which will be good. Uh, but this um event is so it's illegal to feed the homeless in in Dallas. Yes, uh, the city limits, and so uh, the don't comply guys and the voluntarists of Dallas get together, and they bring food. Uh, they bring sleeping bags, blankets, medicine. I mean, anything that they think clothes that people might need jackets. Um, and they, they give these to people, they feed people, they, for a couple days, they walk around. I I've seen the live streams, um, that my friend Patrick, who's the board president of voluntary virtue and does anarchast and disenthrall podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he'll, they record everything and they're walking around and they're talking with these people and they're actually reaching out to them and trying to to show them that there are humans that care about them out there. And um, so, you know, that, that to me is, is a great example of humans interacting and, and caring for one another and doing for people what you would want done for you. Uh, but, you know, the city police don't like that, but they've never stopped it yet because um, mm-hmm. our friends are armed. They do all this and they're very, openly armed and, uh, they've had the, the police generally roll by, they kind of slow roll and look, you know, it um, they do it anyways. And that's, I think, uh, the, the way people Ugh. should behave that the magic spells that the state uses called laws don't mm-hmm. determine morality. And no, too many people have been convinced that if it's the law says it, then, that's the right thing. And and of course we know that's not true. History has borne that out. You know, we have a Holocaust and hiding Jews was uh, illegal. And, um, I think, yeah, you know, or, or the underground railroad when people doing that. So we feel like we're just continuing that tradition of those people who said, you know what, I don't care what the government says. I care what's right. And this is what's right. And, um, it it really just always surprises me when Christians get behind this kind of thing. Uh, because I mean the whole, the, all the, the verses talking about the God of this world and you know, yeah. Jesus taken up <laughs> and shown the cities and everything. And he said, yes. he'll give them the, like, so who owns these things? Government is not godly. Like this is not, No, it's not right. So yeah. I, I'm always surprised when I have to, um, interact with my Christian friends in that way uh, to explain this to them.
0: <laughs> a lot of them um, can easily be helped with a simple verse, First Samuel 8. Um, in this, we have the Judge Samuel. So just as a little backstory, at this point in history, the Hebrews are under a, what's an, a, essentially an anarchic system. Mm -hmm. where occasionally a judge will arise during times of tragedy or times of need Mm -hmm. um, to lead the people morally and with advice with their close relationship with the Lord. In these times, basically all people lived as they desired, but their surrounding nations had kings. So they came to Samuel, who, as the judge of the time, Was essentially the leader of the people and said, we wish to be instated with a king. Mm -hmm. And Samuel goes to God and God tells him, well, Samuel, they haven't rejected you when they're telling you this, they've rejected me. So you tell them they may have themselves a king, but he will take their sons for conscription. He will Mm -hmm. take their daughters for servants. He will take their land. He will quarter his troops in their homes. He will take their food. He will take their livestock and he will, they will take from his life. And this is the part that hits me. (laughs) This is the part that hits me is at the end, God says to Samuel. And when they come to complain of these things and they speak out to me, I shall not hear them is -hmm. what God says. Because they have rejected him. They have rejected the covenant with the Lord by rejecting this flow state, this proper voluntary status with nature that having the correct relationship with each other and having the correct relationship with the nature and the world around us gives mm-hmm. us. So that's, that is the, the Christian standpoint that I stand behind as a Christian mystic. It's mm-hmm. a little bit different from your standard Christianity you might know of. Um, What we've basically done is you follow the roots of a lot of Christianity back to when Jesus was alive, and you find a lot of the common uh, activities such as prayer, fasting, um, baptism, standing in smoke-filled rooms uh, at temple specifically acacia smoke these are all tied to something called the Eloinian mysteries mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar but in ancient Greece they had yeah. yeah in ancient Greece yeah. they had a psychedelic sort of thing going on right um, and this ended up influencing Christianity very directly so Christian mm-hmm. mysticism is based off of linking that back with Christianity and helping people you know regain that direct connection with God understanding they don't have to be coercive to attain their needs, that the only thing between themselves and God, or if you'd prefer, if one is a non-believer, you could think of it as the superego. ego. Um, mm. The thing that separates you is nothing. There is no separation, but you and it. There is no state in between you. There is no priest in between you. It is simply there in front of you, and it is up to you to give every bit of your, your doubt to that super ego and just try your hardest to attain it and push yourself. Hmm. That's what it's all about. um, for, for the Christian voluntarist Christian mystic perspective.
1: Right. (laughs) That's
0: good. So, um, if you ever need help explaining it to somebody, feel free to use that reference first Samuel eight, um, it's, it's very powerful, very powerful stuff. The Christian voluntarist perspective is a yeah. lot stronger than people, than the modern iteration of Christianity has put forward. So, right.
1: I, I think a lot of Christians tend to talk New Testament. Yes. Live, want, but they want Old Testament, right? They want retribution. They want all the things that the, the Hebrews came and asked uh, for. Um when they wanted their king. So I I think it's a really sad, uh, look at the Bible. It's a really strange look to me because I I think about, I mean, I grew up a Christian. I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. religious anymore, but, uh, I was up until a few years ago. And, and it was always strange to me that people would think, you know, the God, uh, the creator of the heavens and the earth couldn't get things done without forcing you or, or, like couldn't yeah. needed, needed politicians to, you know, tax you and and do, you know, like, you, like it said, conscript you and all of mm-hmm. those things. Like, it's just such a foreign view, yes. but most of them aren't what I would consider, I, I call them Christo status. Really? Yes. They worship government more than they Correct. worship God. So, that's the thing. Yeah. That's,
0: that's actually the m- biggest inspiration behind the name of this podcast. Mm-hmm. The reason I chose this name for the podcast, the, I hate the antichrist podcast, because there are many virtues that have been brought up recently that I feel are part of the body of the antichrist. And I would like to break that down as soon as possible. Personally. Um, Um, so um and I
1: think this is this is a great uh conversation too though because you know I like I said I'm not religious anymore so I think I have an interesting um part to play maybe in in helping I know a lot of libertarians a lot of voluntarists who are not religious who would consider themselves either atheists or agnostics they really don't understand christianity and they don't understand Correct. christians and um they often think that well that's you know you, you why would you know they talk about slavery and they do all these things and want a master and i'm like but it's all voluntary right god yeah. never never even jesus christ on the earth never forced anyone to believe yeah, many yeah. people walked away. Most people, in matter of fact, walked yes. away from Christ.
0: Vast sweeping so, majority.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's 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 voluntary, even in in that respect. Um, that, you know, you you want to believe that those people who are called or whatever, they all have to accept Christ, right? It's not a matter of him coming to you and forcing you and all all these things. It's an acceptance. And so I, I try to explain that to to my friends that. That a, a Christian is a a Christian anarchist, especially as should be lauded above all the others, you know, that you can think of because they've decided to have a leader basically to put it in their terms, um, <laughs> that, you know, wants the best for them and whatnot, but there's a relationship there. It's not one of master and servant in the way that they would think of it. It's, yes, it's a bond, a bond slave, you know, and from the Old Testament terminology, someone who decided in the Old Testament, I don't, I don't know how fam- familiar you are with this. It's been a while yeah. since I've thought about it. But the bond slaves, they were in indentured basically for, mm-hmm. was it five or seven years or two years? I, I remember there's a period of time, but then they had the right to walk away. But after that, if they decided, then they they couldn't anymore. Was that correct? I, uh, something like that. that.
0: Yeah. Um, a lot of the old rabbinic systems, I actually don't like. What I I, I don't like. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the old stuff is actually where a lot of our statism comes from. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff in the Talmud I'm not I'm not a big fan of, right. for example, and a lot of the law comes from that. So I don't follow rabbinic law too much. <laughs> I mostly pulled directly from the Bible. Um, Jesus, um, <laughs> it, it, the Oh man. So the idea of master-slave relationships, servant, servant, server, um, lord and uh, and uh, servant, lord and serf. Uh, these relationship ideas recur in the Bible, not as a way of saying that you should be forced into it. It's right. It's not, it's a metaphor. It's not a, they don't take it as a metaphor. Right.
1: Yeah. That's (laughs) my point entirely is that it's not, it's (laughs) not like, you know, that, that Christ especially would, would want you to be forced into believing, like believing, forced believing isn't believing at all. Right. We know.
0: Even in the (laughs) old Testament. (laughs) Right. Even in the Old Testament, the so w- when Christ came, he did not come to change the word of the Old Testament. He mm-hmm. came to exact it, to show the correct interpretation of it. That is what he came to do. So everything mm-hmm. that Christ does in the Old Testament is a correct interpretation is con- supposed to be considered a correct reinterpretation or just flat out interpretation of what takes place in the Old Testament. So mm-hmm it is a lot of referring to metaphor instead. And you can actually see that if you look at versions like the interlinear version, which show you Mm -hmm. not just the original language, but it shows you the direct translation for each individual word for preserving the original grammar, showing you a link to other uses of the same word in the Bible, Mm -hmm. absolutely everything. Um, And you end up picking up a lot of the metaphors Just as it's not supposed to be that the person is commanding you and that you follow them as if they are commanding you. It is that that relationship is the one on which you survive most truly, Mm -hmm. is the one that you share with your own physical life, with your own heart, with your own soul. To not be true to that is to reject God. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul says it is to yourself that you should think. Do not use the teachings of this world to figure out what is right, but look within yourself to figure out what is right in the moment across which you come to it. And that is the heart of voluntarism. Mm hmm is the so. <laughs> absolute heart <laughs> of it.
1: Individual directed. Uh, it
0: absolutely is. It's yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful set of verses in the Bible come together to form this amazingly cohesive uh, moral and political yeah, political mindset um mm-hmm and it's very discounted by a lot of Christians today just because yeah. of one verse which <laughs> is yeah in Romans and so i'm i'm going to address that verse cuz i haven't yet on this podcast mm-hmm. the problem with the verse in Romans about authority coming from god is it's not a description of how god has given them authority it's how they attained authority from what god has made on earth right it is a uh it is almost like niccolo machiavelli describing the way the florentine princes came to power mm-hmm. and then getting called an asshole for coming up with machiavellianism <laughs>
1: i feel like i feel like if, if god had a twitter it would be like you know he would say you know there, there's what this is and then like this just because i retweet it doesn't mean it's an endorsement right like, <laughs> he wasn't endorsing that and I, i've there've been so many times where I've had that conversation with people. I was like, even, even if that's true, my, my former religious religious organization that I was a part of for 27 years taught me that if you have within the Bible, a stack, say a stack of 20 verses, 50 verses, 30 verses that say one thing, and then you have one verse that seems to contradict that you, like any reasonable person should take the evidence that is that you have most of for what you know God's will would be, not the one verse that excuses everything else that you might think. That so there's 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 some kind of misunderstanding there or misinterpretation there, but that's not how Christo works. It's more like they go along their day and they they go to church every Sunday and but what they really care about, you know, they get that good feeling, but then what they really care about is what the government says, what their mm-hmm. their team says, and how they can use any Bible verse to justify what these people are going to do anyways. It's a really, the idolatry is, is outrageous.
0: That's the perfect word for it. That's the word I like to use the most often for it is idolatry. Yeah. Um, You see it for every organization under the sun. You see it for businesses, you see Mm -hmm. it for governments, you see it for cryptocurrencies, even (laughs) you see it for literally anything. Um, the idolatry is actually getting worse and worse in my observations recently. Um, it's it's been getting to a point where people are behaving worshipful worshipful of individuals who are just you know random fucking people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that that's the one that angers me the most is is that one probably. That just,
1: human nature.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Just, you know, even as someone who's not religious, it's it's there's so much of that that that. You know, virtue is not only contained or only understood through biblical means, right? Like, I mean, maybe a Christian would think that, but virtue, like you were saying, it predates the idea of virtue, I should say, predates Christianity. Yes. And there are things worth striving for, right? Truth is worth striving for.
0: And this um, is the only real difference I think here is I think that is still through God that that comes through. Right. In, and so, in my opinion, God is the emergent would. force of nature. Um. So the, he's just the natural source from which it comes from. But in my opinion, the Bible as the unmitigated word of God is not as it's been interpreted. It is more of... It has been... Fi- it, it's not simply the word of God. It is word that has been filtered through God, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. God is time. God <laughs> that, is the successful living of one being to another over time.
1: That that would be the Christian perspective, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying, but there's there's that joining idea that because I hear a lot of my Christian friends say, well, atheists can't know what's good. Well, I don't think that's true. No. Um, because I think virtue is something like, say, truth and reason. Those things are worth striving for. Beauty. Uh, there are many, you know, what's good. And and maybe we have some ideas that are different on what those things are. But most of, of the world kind of, it's like murder. You know, I've talked to people before. They say, well, if you had anarchy, you would just have murder it would just be okay, and I'm like, that's <laughs> not true. Law, no. the law that you look at doesn't stop murder now, and everyone with any with a sound mind understands that murder is wrong. We're talking murder, the unjust taking of life. Yes, and so that if you it, you don't have to be of a certain religion to see that, because anyone, I think it's it's innate within humans to say that, well, maybe something I don't want done to me, I shouldn't do to someone else so that they don't do it to me. Like even, even that, that kind of, just from an outside religion point of view, you can make those logical deductions about why just a a sound minded, reasonable human being could understand what's good and what's not. Uh, Now, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of gray area, but that's what's beautiful about voluntarism over statism is that statism says people in California, for example, have to live like people in Alabama. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most often it's people in Alabama are being forced to live like people in California. Yeah, exactly. But, But voluntarism would say, well, why? The people in California who are out there in that geographic area of the country can make their own rules and regulations and whatever about what they want. Whereas the people of Alabama can do the same because people tend to group up in within people who sort of think like them. That's why you have an area of the countries that like the South has its own, where I am has its own, you know, sort of norms and Mm -hmm. then the Midwest and then the the Northeast, you know, so that's, that's the thing. And um, it's gotten really mucked up because the state is a cookie cutter force that comes into people and it's a or in on on top of people and what they would naturally do and says no you can't do that because we don't like it for whatever reason and um then that becomes part of you know society and and all that and it gets it gets really muddled so that people don't have an idea of what's actually good but i think that's the call of the voluntarist. Um, yes. and the, you know, the Christian from that perspective is to call people back to what is actually good. And that yes. is minding your own business, taking care of yourself, protecting, you know, what you can protect, but it's not to, I mean, even what is it? Crisis said? the poor you have always with you. Like you are never going to end human suffering while we live in a, a world that is imperfect. Yes. And um we have to accept that that's going to be the case and do the best we can in our communities and the world would be a a lot better place I think because I think most people tend to want to do what they see as is, is the right thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um I, I also get my a lot of my uh thought from other religions as well. Mm-hmm. And in this case the Buddha says it very well um in that uh oh goodness um other people oh my gosh I can't believe I just forgot it well, in the
1: middle of <laughs> it happens it. to the best of us let me tell you yeah
0: well I'm <laughs> I haven't been doing podcasts for too long so I'm gonna take this as an early uh, l <laughs> um, so uh how do I put it this way I'm just gonna move on to the next thing because okay. I completely lost it. Um,
1: <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I've done it on the radio before, so oh like... <laughs> geez,
0: oh my gosh, during live.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh, part of life, right? We're talking about an imperfect world, and oh, yeah, you know, absolutely, nobody's expecting perfection. I hope from you or anyone else because you're you're never gonna get it from the most polished thing. You never get perfection, so.
0: Yeah, that's, oh, that's what I was talking about. Um, The Buddha, when he went off to go into the woods, fast, meditate mm-hmm. for, I believe it was 67 days under a tree. Like um, the Bodhi
1: tree?
0: Yeah, the Bodhi tree. Um, He returned instead of going off into nirvana as a bodhisattva. Mm -hmm. Um, He returned as a bodhisattva, which came back to teach everyone about nirvana because his method was, his idea was, there is no true nirvana unless all beings have reached it there. Um that's that's the sort of same idea. So we came and returned and came back to teach and it's the same sort of idea there. It is you don't simply go off into the wilderness on your own. You don't simply retreat into the voluntarism. You don't simply go off into the woods. It is to go forward and take care and grow your community and grow the love that you can share with other people, um, and get that all together and, and have everyone grow together. And a lot of that's been thrown to the wayside. Um, a lot of that has been forgotten a lot. It's, it exists in Christianity. It exists in damn near every religion. Mm -hmm. Um, I I
1: mean, people are, people are social animals. This is one thing where I felt, I feel like my perspective, um, in libertarianism has maybe been for a while. And I've, I've been, you know, trying to teach myself for a while is that, um, you know, a lot of libertarians are young men. And they're what we call full of piss and vinegar, you know, they're ready to go out and do this and that and and really want to take things to the extremes or, or yeah. whatever, think I don't need anybody. And, you know, I mean, you can think that maybe some people can live that way a very small few, though, because biologically humans are we're pack animals, right? We are yes. social animals. And so for me to be the best I can be, have the most fulfilling life. I have to have a community that I appreciate. Now, look, we can build those communities on our own. It doesn't mean that we have to settle for whatever is exactly. But, um, you know, we we definitely need each other, and so I I think a lot of what people accuse libertarians of, the sort of randy and greedy bastards, you know, who don't care <laughs> about anybody else. Their that's their perspective because they don't understand it, but Billy the capitalist
0: pig, right? Right,
1: exactly. (laughs) We can understand it because we recognize that for me to truly be able to give anything for you, I have to do it out of my desire to do good for you or to to do yes, you know. And and so I like I, I I had this you know post recently about my my kids that I didn't I never forced my kids to share because. For one, that's just teaching them that politics is okay, right? That you're forced to do something because of my good idea. I want them to learn that they either, we had in our house a rule where if you had a friend coming over, you put up the special things that you didn't want to share. My son had a friend who would always mess up his um, transformers. And so
0: he would put his favorite
1: transformers away. And then he and his friend would play, and everything that was available, there was there wasn't a conflict because he knew that everything we didn't put up, and into a, like the closet that was available to share, um, and so he made those decisions. I just gave him an avenue sort of to do that, but uh, that you know, being being forced to do something, if, if he's forced to share, then it's not really something to his benefit. That's not it doesn't, it's not an example of his virtue. If I make him share something, right. Or my, my my daughter, the virtue comes when they do it on their own. That's when they're stepping outside of themselves. And as, as human beings of, of any stripe, if you want to be a good, well-rounded, solid human being, then you have to know that you have to step outside of yourselves and your own desires at some times. Um, and, and that may be because like, say you have a family and as a parent, I decided to have these children. So now I must put their needs and desires ahead of my, or at least their needs ahead of my own, because I decided to bring them into the world. So, um, you know, it's not that, that, oh, poor me, I don't get to do what I want because I have kids. It's that, no, this is all extends from a decision I made. And that's a decision that I stand by. And that I want to do my best in uh, trying to bring forth our good children into the world that I can be proud of and they can stand in, in their own majority and be independent humans who have an understanding of what's right and wrong. And to me, that's that's the highest form of activism is raising yes. good children. So. Yes,
0: <laughs> absolutely. 100% correct on that last point. Um, and also, you know, all, all of that is why I'm super excited about charities, about the voluntary virtue Um, like what you've got going on, because there are so many organizations that would really like to get together and would like to create a community somewhere where they can have a voluntary community. They can have local food supplies, local lumber supplies, local experts who have like-minded ideas and Mm -hmm. like-minded thoughts, like-minded values over what they value. Um, So it's, it's really awesome to see charities like this pop up. And, um, one thing that I find interesting is, uh, the few places where, uh, the Bible does say to support the government are the few places where I see good parents still always keep over their kids. Hmm. (laughs) Um, so there are only two places. Um, number one is the punishment of evildoers. Hmm. The Bible says to support the government in the punishment of evildoers. Um, it's, it's pretty blatant about that, um, to support you know, exiling people, getting rid of them from the community, however it's done at your locality. And then it also says to support it in the case of, and this is very surprisingly specific, and I can't remember the verse exactly, um, but the essentially to support tax collection for the public good which implies that there is tax collection collection without the public good mm-hmm. so um i've seen a few interesting voluntary uh, charity ideas where it essentially works like a voluntary tax system mm-hmm. uh, i've seen a few of those come up be very interesting nice. um if if one could make a an in a woods community of just a bunch of people together living under sort of that and I, uh, that ideal. That's what I would like. personally. Yeah.
1: I, I think, I think it's important too to understand the difference between government as in the state and governance as in a community. Yes. Taking from its own social mores, its own culture, how that community should, should operate. And I don't think it says anything about you know, people not being able to leave that community like that exactly—that's part of it. And so, with never the, with the with the states, the United States. Um, you know, I I can't even leave this country without being like it's like ten thousand dollars last I checked mm-hmm. to actually relinquish your citizenship. Yep. Um, and they'll tax you if you move around the world and don't even partake. Like it's it's all of the taxation for the betterment of civilization and society is all really just a thin veil over, we want money to keep the systems of the world going and, yeah, and we want to take it from you rather than earn it in an honest way. And, uh, it's, it's really disgusting. I mean, even as a homeschooler, I've homeschooled my children for eight years. My, my son just graduated high school last year. Nice, um, very nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of that. And, and part of, you know, the problem there is I don't partake of their government indoctrination centers anymore i don't do that i don't i don't have anything to do with it they passed a law in tennessee because they wanted to be fair right and say well if you homeschool then your kids can try out for our sports teams how how great are we and i'm thinking Mm -hmm. one very few homeschooler kids ever get accepted onto the the teams but two I don't want that. I don't care about your stupid organized of anything. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And I would like my money, please. Like (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I don't, you know, it's, it's just a thin veil though, because when you bring that to people, well, don't you want uh, children to be able to read? I'm sorry. You, people couldn't read before public schools. I don't think. Yeah.
0: That's, that's the problem. Right.
1: Your kids won't be socialized. Oh, they never figured out how to socialize people until public schools. Like, the world has existed for thousands of years before the public school system. And I think they did okay. So, um, it's, it's all just, it's junk and it's garbage. And, uh, the quicker people learn to see through that. I think once, once the dominoes start falling, then you, you, you can't unsee it, right? They, they fall pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. That's why it's, you know, six months, the old joke six months between libertarian and anarchist because it just, it falls so quickly once you really start to see that I don't have any right over your your person, that anything that I advocate for, even me as a non-religious person, I want people to be able to carry out their religions as they see fit as long as they don't harm other people because I want to then not be forced to have a religion that I don't want. Yes. And and that's that's the important thing is that people have to recognize is that whatever you advocate for especially within the political realm, you then advocate being used against you. So the violence that you want to use against your neighbor is violence that then is justified in being used against you because, well, you did it to them. So, exactly. And that's what so much hence of politics is, is tit for tat, back and forth. And it just keeps getting worse.
0: Quite directly, hence the golden rule.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we live in a house of cards world. Yeah. We really do. it's it's a very, very, very fragile existence we live. um in in many of his lectures, Jordan Peterson mentions mm. that when he uh, when he goes out into the world, he's astonished when he goes out and he doesn't see mayhem right. and destruction everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, I, I heard that like right when I was becoming a libertarian mm-hmm. and uh, by the time I was becoming an anarchist, I was just basically just applying it to every interaction I was having with the world. Just like, yeah. how is this not burning to hell? Yeah. How are we not constantly at each other's throats, tearing, tearing each other apart? Like... In any other country, in any other part of the world, we would be literally shooting at each other with some of the differences we have so tightly intertwined.
1: Well, I think a lot of that comes not because like people, when I talk to them about say anarchism, that's, that's always, well, just be 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 anarchy, you know? And, And I'm like, no, that's, that's not really what it, what it would be. But a lot of times what, you know, the shooting at people, the doing, you know, whatever, you know, whatever bad things that's happening in a country a lot of times and I won't say all the time, but a lot of times it's from more government intervention in people's yes. lives, not less. And I, I think about it in terms of this, I, I grew up in a pretty tight knit community called Lupton city inside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's a little mill town. Mm-hmm. And um, this town was built by the company for the company workers. And when I was growing up there, People, if someone was sick, they took them food. They might, if they got laid off from you know the, the factory, they might find money in their mailbox, things like this. Um, but, and if people had a problem with you as well, they would go directly to you. If your grass was too long or whatever the problem might be, they would go directly to you. But what happens is this, the state steps in and says, well, we have um, zoning and we have city laws and things that, and, and you, this, you call the city if you have a problem. So people take the easier way out Mm -hmm. and they, they just, they tend to, the neighbor's grass is too long and they're getting rodents or whatever. And because they're, you know, it's harboring all these things. And instead of just going and talking to their neighbor and saying, Hey man, you know, do you, for one, do you need help? Is everything okay? I noticed the grass is really, really long. And And um, is there something I can do to help you? Uh, Who
0: needs to do that when I have an HOA to call?
1: Right. You have some kind of proxy force that can come in and, and, you know, make them do it. And then that creates division. And I mean, I've seen that where people don't even know their neighbors. They don't help their neighbors. They don't do nice things for them and bring them food when they're sick or whatever. And that's, that's how the state actually tears down communities, not builds them up. Um, I think of, John Taylor Gatto. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Mm -hmm. He was a, he's written some amazing books. He was the New York city school teacher of the year, two or three times. He was a Mm -hmm. big deal. And he, all of his books have been aimed at why public schools are terrible for your kids. Uh, (laughs) He's, he's dead now, but one of the things he talks about uh, in one of his books, and, and I just love this. He goes a lot into the networks and growing up in a community. And he says, most people don't have communities anymore. They have networks. And the Mm -hmm. difference is a community knows the names of its bums. And I think that's, that's really like, it's, you know, it's what was portrayed on say the Andy Griffith show where, Oh, we sort of know old Otis here, he's an alcoholic and he he ain't hurting nobody. Right. He just comes Mm -hmm. in and sleeps it off and then he leaves that's a community. That's where people, I know you and I know that your intentions aren't bad and that you're not here to hurt me. Um, there's a great episode. I, I I love the, Andy. I used to love the Andy Griffith show growing up. (laughs) Uh, there's a great episode where, where they, something has to happen. I forget what it is that Andy and and Barney go to the old man's house and he doesn't want to do whatever it is. And they, he shoots at them. And Barney goes to take out his bullet out of his pocket and put it in his gun. And Andy says, wait a second. We know him. this is our friend. Let's go talk to him. So they, he gets him to stop shooting and, and he gets in there and he talks to him and they talk the situation down. That's a community, right? Those are people that you know. This person, so something's got to be going on. You don't have to ascribe evil intention to them, but we don't know each other anymore. Exactly. And people live in fear, and they don't know their neighbors. And I mean, I sound like some kind of old biddy or something, but it's, no. it's really that's that's the beauty of human life as part of being in a community, and and that's what I want to build. That's part of what we intend to do with voluntary virtue, and. It's really what I want because, look, I – we all, as, as you know, people who want to live peacefully, it seems like there are fewer and fewer of those kinds of people. Um, and like you were saying, building these intentional communities where people agree to live a certain way um, according to, say, the non-aggression principle and whatever other things that that they agree to – those are the kinds of things I want to see more of in the world because we're spread out. There's a few of us and um, it would be, it'd be really great to have those, you know, it's great to have the online communities that we have with, you yes. know, I've made lots of friends that now I like the people in Texas that I go visit and I didn't know them before I met them on the internet. Uh, but I'd really love to see people taking more action to, to do that, to build virtual communities where we can help each other, but also, you know, put put your get the gas in your car and go see people. Really build those connections because I think think where things are going, we're going to need each other, and um, you know, we're going to yes. need pockets where people can actually maybe we can sort of help protect each other from what's going on.
0: Yeah, that's that's very well said. Yes. Um, absolutely, um, there's uh, quite a bit of of organization that needs to start happening mm-hmm. and it needs to start happening very soon yeah. um i think that your idea with voluntary voice is amazing i think that you guys have already we're already doing in dallas with the with the food drives the armed protection for the mm-hmm. food drives is awesome <laughs> um that yeah. is exactly the sort of stuff we need but also i think people need to move People need to move. People need okay. to physically get together where we can support each other materially.
1: Yeah, that be more
0: than just through great. digital media, too. Yeah, more than just through Bitcoin.
1: Tell people uh, with the the Free State Project. You know, there's a lot of great people involved in that. Um, but it's so friggin' cold up there. <laughs> I just <laughs> don't. I've lived in Upper Michigan, Wisconsin, upstate New York, Colorado. I've lived where it's cold. And it gets cold here in Tennessee, but not like that. Like I remember when it hit zero when I lived in Upper Michigan, um, that it felt like really warm. I put on shorts and a sweatshirt because it was so cold the whole winter. <laughs> but um, can we can we do it somewhere where it's warmer? And and I know there are other communities. I know there are different planned ones that are in in the process. Um, and so I, I'm you know I may be moving at some point, uh, but right now East Tennessee, man. I kind of love it here. <laughs> right now I am
0: I am in the forests of the Pacific Northwest. Oh, in beautiful. my opinion, this is the best area uh, along the coast. Yeah. If you're along the coast, it is the best area in my opinion to hold a community mm-hmm. and part of that is because podzol soil is incredibly fertile. It is amazing for growing yeah. crops.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean that's a it is an amazing part of the country. I took my first visit out to that far west like i said i used to live in colorado but um went out with a friend who's buying some property out there to be closer to his uh, daughter and, and grandchildren and um in northern california that's awesome and yeah it's it's gorgeous it's really beautiful but it was so you know it's it's it, it, in in some ways it's a lot like here where it's very lush and green and stuff just grows
0: everywhere. Um,
1: yeah. And I mean, the Pacific Northwest is, it's one of those places too, that I think like the South has a history of natural anarchism.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. And, and the South had that at one point. Um, it's just, it's sad to see, you know, what, what reconstruction did to the South. And the ideas you, you've you've taken the people who were the most, or some of the most, um, closed to government rulership uh, in the Appalachian chain here—the Scots and Celts and Welsh that settled this area, along with the natives—and mm-hmm. um, that uh, and resisted. Italians. Yeah, there's some <laughs> Italians. Yeah, the, the, there's a much smaller minority. And not in, in West Virginia. <laughs> I don't that's know. where I,
0: that, that's that was mine for the South. I lived in West Virginia for about yep. eight years. <laughs> okay,
1: uh, but the people that settled this area—they come from a very self-sufficient, independent-minded. You know, those there's a book written about how uh, anarchism in the high places around the world, like the really yes. tough places to live, you get people who are like anarchists um, in the way just they think. They they don't have to have a name for the philosophy. It's just that's how they think. Um, And, and it's really been, you know, I remember when I was a kid, people would talk about revenuers and where I come, where I live now currently is the home of NASCAR because they souped up their cars and said during prohibition, no, we're not doing that. We're going to make us some money and we're going to do what we want. Uh, But you see that less and less because of mainly public schooling and this, you know, the, the military industrial complex that, has convinced mothers and fathers that they should sacrifice their children to that machine for the the good of this thing, this nation that they, they worship as yes. some sort of, you know, bigger, it, it really, it's, it's a you godlike it type, type thing. You said it best. Yeah. It is
0: 100% a human sacrifice of children. Yeah.
1: definitely is. I mean, they, they they use religious language on purpose, right? When, when Mm -hmm. Ronald Reagan called America a city on a hill, he didn't just pull that out of his behind, right? That came from Mm -hmm. the Bible. And um, that's a lot of people just go along with that because they're lazy, honestly, and don't want to really, you know, most people can stand up to the government and very few people can stand up to the crowd. And that's where you find your anarchists. So
0: Yep, And uh, something interesting, the people who think in anarchic ways, that kind of echoes back to the same idea of of oneness with the infinite, oneness with nature. Um, These people, they're survivalists. They're out Mm -hmm. there living in what God has truly created. They're living in it. They are living in nature with it. There are, uh, God, I forget who it was, but there was a gentleman who got stuck at sea for, I believe, 385 days. Or no, 482 days, I think it was. Some 400 plus days at sea. Anyway, uh, he, at a certain point, ran out of all of his natural supplies. Mm -hmm. And what he would notice is something like he was in the Indian Ocean and every morning a flying fish would just happen to be sitting on his raft. Mm -hmm. There would Mm -hmm. happen to be rainwater that would catch in a section of the raft for him. Um, things like this, in this, in my opinion, these people who develop this anarchic method of thought, they're developing that from a more accurate and more direct connection with the truth, with nature, with reality. Um, that's just something that popped Mm -hmm. out to me when you mentioned that.
1: That's sort of the, the very Greek way of thinking about it too, right? The the Mm -hmm. natural type, what's that, that beauty and intel or nature, uh, Beauty, nature, truth, um, those kinds of things were all, that's all part of who man is supposed to be, right? It's not like we're yes. separate from that. So um, I, I looked it up. It's Jose Salvador Alvarenga.
0: That's the one. Yep.
1: 138 days. Whew, that's a long. Yeah. Could you
0: imagine <laughs> no. not seeing a single other person for a year and a oh. half?
1: I think, I think I can't imagine it now that COVID happened,
0: honestly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I yeah. didn't
1: stay away from people, I sort of did what I want. But a lot of people, like we saw what happened when most people tried to, they tried to be good to the standards of what the government said was yep. good. And They a became lot of nervous them wrecks. <laughs> or killed themselves. Like, yep. Or were very sick or, and there's just a lot of mental illness that was made worse by that, I think too. So- for for a man to come out of that and survive it and and thrive after is pretty you're a pretty resilient person. Oh um, yeah,
0: so absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat related. Are you familiar with the five factor model? This is kind of related to COVID.
1: I don't think it's the five factor
0: model. It's a psychological model. Um. Mm-hmm. Basically, a bunch of tests were done where they would just did a bunch of personality tests over and over. They found out the questions that were grouped together and grouped together and grouped together, and they kept on changing those questions until they were able to come up with five metrics where they could not find any way to link these metrics directly to each other. Hmm. And these t- seem to be the the Sims stat card for humans.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I. So I it's seen. yeah.
0: It's represented with it's represented with the acronym OCEAN. Mm -hmm. um, which is short for, uh, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism.
1: I took Jordan Peterson's big, big five. five. Yeah. I took that. So yeah, I'm actually called
0: that. Okay. Good. So the five factor model, the big five. Yeah. Same thing. Um, so there is a theory I have, or rather a hypothesis, um, it, because uh, this, these are some of the formative years of anybody's lives at any time of the planet right now, some t- somebody's years are being formed right now by COVID. And in my opinion, because of the COVID lockdowns, in about mm, 10 to 20 years, we're going to see a massive influx of people who are extremely high in trait neuroticism,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is a, aversion to negative emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that happens, I believe that is when we're going to see the collapse take place sometime Mm -hmm. within 10 to 15 or 10 to 20 years. I believe it's going to take place around then because I think that is when the, uh, when the neuroticism hits ahead, that's when the ability to pull more power from the past is about going to run out. Cause that's Mm -hmm. also when social security is projected to become uh, more than double the cost that it costs to upkeep than it was paying out before 2000. Right. So we're seeing that come up to a head and we're seeing people. And I think that we're going to see people extremely high in neuroticism come out Mm -hmm. and we're going to see people who do not interact on levels deeper than acquaintance right. because of it.
1: it. I could, I can imagine there being a lot of fallout. I, I, that's what I often wonder is what this, the generation born and, you know, giving, having their formative years during this, like maybe yeah. not the newborns, but the, you know, the kids that are five and seven and 11 mm-hmm. and, you know, my daughter is 11, right. Or will be 11 soon. And, uh, I've done as much as possible to keep that from her, but we do a homeschool co-op and she really wanted to keep going. So, but it's been a good teaching method for, you know, the masks and wearing them. And like, she, she stood up to her classmates. She wouldn't say the pledge there, which I, I loved, I thought was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Her teacher was really supportive of her too, but she, she's, she's pretty, you know, she comes from a home where she's given a lot of, love and respect, uh, for her opinions and her, you know, own will and desire in life. And, um, within the family context, I mean, I don't let her do whatever she wants, but, mm-hmm. um, so that she's more able to stand up against the crowd, you know, and that's yeah. for me, that's an amazing, I was not able to do that as a young person. So I love that. But I, one thing I do want to say is that I, I think it's interesting. The, uh, you mentioned high in neuroticism. I'm actually very high in neuroticism. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think one of the things about that big five is that is so interesting. And then I still really haven't, I, I do not think I've, I've, you know, sorted it all out in my mind yet, but it's, it, it, it's not just like, it doesn't put you in a box and says, Oh, if you're this, you're this, or you like yeah. this. and And it's, it's how all of those unique things to you along with the environment that you've come from and that you currently live in affect you and they're expressed through you. Yeah. So, um, like, I'm really, I'm lower than most men in agreeableness. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was 19 or something, and most men are 20, something like that. So, uh, but I, you know, when I first took this, the test, I I cried for like three days because, I did because I thought it was calling me a bad person because I'm also very, I'm I'm kind of low in industriousness, even though I Mm -hmm. do a lot of things like it's, um,
0: you're not much of a DIYer.
1: I mean, I am though. That's what, like, it really (laughs) surprised me, but, um you know, I'm not a very focused person though. Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I tend to kind of hyper-focus on things, but that's not real focus because then you let other things slip. Right. It's yeah. And I'm, 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 I'm an artsy person. I'm kind of, I fly, you know, my, my, as Jordan Peterson says, the, the creative mind, it goes down rabbit trails and this and that. It's not, it's not like how a lot of people think where one thing builds on another. It reminds you of stuff and all this. So, so there's a lot of ways that those things can express themselves. Yeah. Um, for anybody, I just I feel bad when people take it. I'm like, I hope they don't feel bad about themselves because it's yep. really, it's very eye opening, and it should help you understand yourself better and see where you can be more well well rounded. But those words when you're when it says you're low in industriousness that yeah. makes it sound like it's saying you're lazy. And that's not what mm-hmm. it's necessarily no, saying. No. Um,
0: it's <laughs> saying that these are, these are your pre preset answers to questions is what no. it's saying. And the preset conditions load the chamber, but it's really the environment that pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that for example, you said you're high in neuroticism, I am. but I don't, I don't see, you know, COVID idiot. Branch COVIDian weirdness from you right. as a high from high neuroticism person is because for you, environment never pulled that trigger to make that a huge thing for you.
1: Yeah. Well, and, I and too I think being an anarchist, you know, skepticism, there the real crisis in this in this country, if you will, is skepticism. Skepticism mm-hmm. is at an all time low. And if people are skeptical, whether they ascribe to any kind of philosophy, if you're just skeptical. Of the information that comes across you, that means you're thinking about it. That's what People skepticism. People are only means.
0: skeptical against that which does not make them comfortable nowadays. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. If, if it makes them
0: comfortable, they are fully willing to accept anything, no matter how ridiculous. And I mm-hmm. think that the past year and a half has absolutely shown that with some of the, some of these cartoon characters we've seen walking around with, like, half-cut-up water jugs on their head. <laughs> and, like, saw one where a dude had, like, a shoe against his face with the really? laces behind his head. Yeah. Uh, oh, my yeah. gosh. Or the
1: pods. People are, you know... Oh, yeah. Of, like... Out, there they're eating outdoors, and they're also in these covered plastic things, so that they can... yeah. What's the point? Yeah, it's again. I think it breaks down those human bonds, and and it it mm-hmm. it goes to show, like even recently, you know, they were talking about cases at first, and then deaths, and then now cases again. Do you not see this? Like it doesn't register with people that okay, exactly a case. The the number of cases does not matter. That's irrelevant,
0: exactly. Um,
1: but they don't, you know, they don't think and, and that's, but that's the way the machine wants it, right? They Mm -hmm. don't want people to think they want people to react. They, they want people to think uh, the
0: way they want them to think
1: exactly. And it's, it's very,
0: believe the facts they want them to believe.
1: Yeah. The, the Michael Malice is completely right when he said the mainstream Mm -hmm. media is not the friend of the people. Like no, it's it, just is not. it the corporate media, he said, and that's what it is. It's the corporate media. It's, it's a governmentality that is meant to direct your attention. It's like my, my son is learning magic, right? Like prestidigitation type magic, right?
0: Okay. And
1: okay. Uh, he's learning these tricks. There's sleight of hand and that's really what it is. <laughs> it's it's fun. sleight of hand. It's misdirection. Um, and, and they misdirect you to what they want and they put it at a fever pitch and then because most people can't stand up to the crowd it's self-sustaining so it yes. just keeps going and it gets bigger and bigger and it it's they're more violent and there's more danger for people who do stand up but look we got to get to the point where we're willing to face a little bit of ire um and ridicule. I, I've, I've resigned myself to it. You know, I've been ridiculed many times for what I say, what I believe yep.
0: me too. Yeah. Me too. So
1: it's just a matter of, well, this is where I draw my line and uh, you know, we. I think people really have to start thinking for sure about where their lines are yep. and what this they're is going why to do.
0: I, This is why I embrace the Christian caricature. Hmm. I really do. This is why I make, I, I don't know if you've seen the, the, tweets occasionally but i mean i have a list of every un account on twitter and (laughs) i'll occasionally just see a post run going down and i'll just reply i hate the antichrist on the (laughs) post directly
1: like i don't don't care anymore yeah Yeah. oh yeah
0: i do it all the time it'll come on my main twitter or it'll go on the podcast twitter i'll do it
1: I, it, it, it it's sad too. Like what you're saying, though, like just standing out from people. Christianity, yeah. I, it it it's founded in resistance, right? Yes. The, so when people, I just it, it blows my mind. It boggles my mind. I feel like that little emoji with the nuclear explosion on its head. Yes. <laughs> because Christianity has a long and beautiful history of resistance. Voluntarism comes out of Christianity. I don't know how many people are familiar with that. The first people called voluntarists were people who were uh, upset about compulsory schooling. So yes. it's this it's so funny too because this, this the topics aren't any different today.
0: <laughs> They're it, still no, they the aren't. same
1: situation.
0: Yep. I mean, unfortunately. <laughs> time, time's arrow marches forward, but sure as hell, if the world ain't round, yeah,
1: no kidding. Keeps
0: passing by the same spot over <laughs> and over, like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, right? Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Great, um, thanks for having I, me. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, so the really last thing I'd like to to ask is how can my listeners get to you? Where can they donate to voluntary virtue? Um, go ahead and go on a spiel one last time about sure. yourself and why you came on today.
1: Great. Yeah. I, well, uh, first I'll say that voluntary is where you can go. And that, that first landing page down at the bottom, there's a donate button. There's also, you know, volunteer. Um, we need people who are memers we need definitely for, we have a a group associated Facebook page, uh, like our community page that we're calling the tactical charity society. And that's like for the memers, the edge Lords, the people who, you know, we're going to farm that for content. Um, And that's the community building part of it. Um, And we have, you know, uh, designers for graphics that we would love to have um, some volunteers that can do graphics and things for us. Um, And then there's the boots on the ground volunteers, of course, uh, because we that was absolutely important to us when we were developing this was to have not just where we drop, you know, um, you know, help pay for a surgery for someone or whatever. But we actually have boots on the ground for people. Um, I don't know. Many people may know Patrick Smith already, who's the, the board president, but his daughter had leukemia and she was part of the Make a Wish uh, foundation. And one of the things that they do and that he loved and he became a part of because he wanted to also do this for other people, um, is they, they have someone with you called a wish grantor that is with you for at least two years. Um, most of their projects take two years to get a person through, but mm-hmm. until, until the wish is granted and all that, they, this person is your liaison and they just, they drop by or send pizza, you know, they, they just make sure you're okay. And as voluntarists, we wow. really want to do that for, we don't want to just be, here's your money and we're gone, or here's your, you know, surgery. Cause we're not giving money directly to people, but, um, we want to actually care for people. Um, mm-hmm. and so we definitely want a group on boots on the ground activists that will, you know, help organize meals for someone whose family is going through, you know, a child or or them having some sort of life-changing illness or surgery. They'll make sure they have food. They don't have to think about you know, oh, what am I going to how am I going to feed dinner to the kids? Like, no, here's <laughs> a casserole. You go take care of what you have to take care of. Just that sort of love for each other. Um so we need that and um I I guess I I really I'm, I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Because uh, I haven't thought about these things for, for a while, you know, this sort of, I, I mean, I think about Christianity stuff um, mm-hmm. from time to time because I come across those kinds of arguments. Yes. Uh, but, um, you know, it it's uh, reminded me of how much of that really is in Western society, real Western culture. Yes. We're not talking about what passes for Western <clears throat> culture today. Um, True but, Western uh, culture. Yeah. That, there's, yeah, that there's so so much less that divides us as people that we don't let get in the way. You
0: know, yeah.
1: a lot of people let issues get in the way of seeing their, their neighbors and other people as humans. Um, but we all are. And there's so much that connects us as especially, you know, Christian anarchists and non-Christian anarchists, whatever, Buddhist anarchists, whatever you are. <laughs> We can all you know agree on the bottom that um, we want to respect each other's individuality yeah. and, and um, the property of your life <laughs> and what exactly. extends from that. So I really want appreciate to not coerce was, each other. Yeah, it was a really interesting conversation and uh, it was great.
0: Well, i really thank you for coming on sherry uh, it was awesome having you on i love the the charity uh you have some very interesting points of view with uh the history you have um you mentioned some very awesome stuff i'd like to have you on back again sometime if you'd like to talk more sure. um so thank you very much for hopping on anybody else um thank you for listening um you can find more on the podcast at oeui.live that's my personal website the podcast is also hosted on Podbean if you want to search it up it's the I Hate the Antichrist podcast thank you all very much for listening Um, again that is Sherry Voluntary at Sherry Voluntary on Twitter and this is at oeui underscore live at Twitter thank you very much for coming everybody Uh, next episode will be tomorrow recorded tomorrow that will be with Voluntary Dom And we are going to be talking about, if I can scroll down one moment, uh, that episode will be, oh my gosh, about false profiteering. So that'll Mm. be a fun one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of that going around too <laughs> yes
0: there is quite a bit so it's false profit profiteering at the same time especially it's going to be about covid so it'll be a fun mm-hmm. one um thank you very much again for hopping on thank you everyone for listening yeah. and have a great day